0: Greetings, fellow travelers. My name is Robert Haller, and welcome to episode eight of the hashtag OpenToWorkJourneys podcast, man. With kids being back in school, the hashtag OpenToWorkJourney ongoing, the hashtag OpenToWorkJourneys podcast continuing to grow and evolve, plus everyday trials and tribulations that come with co head coaching duties of Team Haller, I sometimes forget the importance of making time to just chill. Which is why I'm doing something a bit unique this week, thanks to some convenient timing. No one attempted to call Shotgun this week, so we're taking the Good Old Days segment concept and stretching it over an entire solo episode. Why? Because one of the most formative and entertaining films of my life is turning 30 years old this week. Though it's actually more like a 21st celebration for me, (laughs) but it's in a period kind of off living its best midlife. Feeling a bit dazed? Don't get too confused by this week's premise we're still going to bring you the themes and positive lessons that help motivate, inspire, validate, and encourage. Time to turn rejection into introspection as we bring you appraised and refused. It's all right. All right. All right. A hashtag open to work journeys, homage to dazed and confused. Hashtag to be clear. This is an indulgence episode for me. Absolutely. So prepare yourself. As this movie, set in the mid-70s, released in the early 90s, that caught fire in my world just past the turn of the century, and remains a cult classic to this day, may just leave your head buzzing from more than a contact high. With its lessons on embracing change, pursuing what matters, navigating uncertainty, and the benefits of surrounding yourself with people that refuel your rocket tank rather than deplete it. But first, it's too early to hit up the party at the moon tower. So why don't we stop for some LinkedIn nuggets on the way? This is where I aim to offer you a three-piece appetizer of tasty takeaways from the platform. Number one, cheap plug, fashion refreshers. I've applied continuous improvement to my business, Fashion Sense, for many years now. And thanks to a little kind reminder from another post that I saw out there in the social media world, I decided to return the favor and share some of the tips I've accumulated across the internet and social media, including, Proper color coordination between shirts and trousers. Throw in shoe coordination while you're at it. Don't forget the socks, guys. And up your tie game and more. If you want to look as great as you are and dress for the job and life you want, check it out on my LinkedIn page. Number two, this week in AI, project management. As previously mentioned, I'm currently taking a Google certification course aimed to refresh and evolve my project management skills from earlier stages of my career where I thrived in strategic development. I recently started diving into multiple methodologies of project management, including Agile and Waterfall as well as lean integrations like Kanban. With this information fresh in my brain, I was delighted to come across a post from Edward Frank Morris, who provided some thought-provoking and potentially beneficial generative AI prompts, utilizing these very concepts I just mentioned for supplementing your project work. His post was centered around ChatGPT, which you may recall me championing in earlier episodes. Needless to say, the potential tag team of these two items in my journey leaves me not just getting hyped, but staying hyped. Number three, helpful words on attachment. Kudos this time around goes out to Stephanie Duca, a former quality assurance leadership colleague whose wisdom and outlook I value and respect greatly. She posted this delectable bite of facts. Best career advice that I can give. Don't ever attach yourself to a person, place, company, organization, or project. Attach yourself to a mission, a calling, a purpose only. That's how you keep your power and your peace. It's worked pretty well for me thus far. Thanks a lot, Stephanie. As we learned from my bro Chacho, bonus shout out to episode six, Woodcrafting Pinning Your Purpose. Amazingly good things can come from centering on your purpose first and foremost. It's a delight to see much of the same advice emanating from so many beneficial sources. Say man, are you going to stay tuned for what got us here? Where are we now and where are we going? It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Haller if you hear me. Hey, human beings. I know many of you enjoy the Connecting Journeys series of interviews, perhaps as much as I do. I did all the communicating, maneuvering, scheduling, follow-up, you name it, but sadly circumstances did not allow me to have a ride along for this special episode. So to make up for it, I'm happy to give you a teaser for next week's guest, Kim Gino, a wonderful leadership and development mentor, quality leadership coworker, friend, and provider of near endless amounts of motivation and encouragement. Here's just a taste of the Kim-tastic conversation to come next week. I tell you, I am, I'm getting there. You know, I've learned to be accepting of a lot of things that I used to be much, much harder on myself for. That probably is a big takeaway from any type of downsizing, any significant change in an organization. And I think my husband phrased it the best because I would have those moments of, am I worthy? Am I good enough? Is anyone ever gonna look at me again? And he was like, business decisions are not personal decisions. It helped to hear that kind of consistently. Now I have a little favor to ask. If you're enjoying this journey with me, if you wanna show your support in my dream on, please hit that like button, drop a comment, subscribe, and share this podcast with your network. But That's not all you can do. If you're interested in being a guest on Hashtag Open to Work Journeys, let's connect. Your story could inspire, motivate, validate, and encourage so many others like me. You can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, and at if you hear me at gmail.com. Now let's cruise on back to the Emporium before closing time, man. So, what got us here? A movie that has more of a story to tell than just that of a high school stoner comedy, and a guy who raised himself looking for all the greatest lessons in life from pop culture and television. We're going to be jumping all over the place with the time dial today, so bear with me. We begin 30 years ago, which has begun taking its laps on the Nostalgia Marathon in our present day and age. Released in theaters on September 24th, 1993, Dazed and Confused initially faced mixed success. With a production cost of $6.9 million and box office earnings of about $8 million, it might have been labeled a disappointment by industry standards. But oh, how deceptive those numbers can be. You see, Dazed and Confused wasn't just a film, it was a cultural time capsule. It captured the essence of a generation and a moment in time that remains eternally relatable. It's a film that transcends mere numbers and that's etched into the hearts and minds of its fans. Young Me was barely into his middle school years at this time. Not gonna fib, I don't really have anything significant to add about this time in my life. So, to really get the story behind my fandom, we need to jump forward to 2002. This version of your host could certainly relate to what the story's characters were going through, as I was heading into the later stages of my bachelor's degree program. I was taking a full course load in the morning, working a co op job in the afternoon plus my hotel job on the weekends. I was a busy boy trying to figure out all that was coming next in life, and I had to sneak in my entertainment where I could. One form of that was reading a wildly popular then ESPN writer at the time, Bill Simmons, otherwise known as the Boston Sports Guy. He's a multi-millionaire media mogul now, but then he was my humorous, pop culture-drenched, sports adoration-filled break from boring desk work two to three times a week. Following the end of the 2001-2002 NFL season, he decided to incorporate 30-ish quotes from the film to utilize as awards as such for the players and stories he wanted to highlight from that prior campaign. As I read and reread the two-part article, I could not get over how cool he made the movie sound. Funny enough, even he waited five years to watch it after its release. So it was not long after that where I acquired a copy of the movie gathered up my buddies and some Sixers, and we proceeded to have our minds blown. We watched and rewatched this movie so many nights after winding down the day's activities, I'm surprised we never wore out the tape. I had some hope for wrangling one of said pals to join me for this revisiting of the film and our time with it, but alas, we all have lives. But I digress, that was my introduction to the film and all the good it brought with it, and it's a keg that is yet to be tapped out. Fast forward to 2013, and the cast, crew, and devoted fans came together to celebrate the film's 20th anniversary. It was a testament to the enduring legacy of this cinematic gem. Director Richard Linklater, the man with the vision, received a Star of Texas award, while the cast returned to revel in nostalgia and friendship. Linklater, the mastermind behind this cinematic masterpiece, as well as its spiritual successor, Everybody Wants Some, and more commercial and critical hits Boyhood and School of Rock, was a bit of an anomaly in Hollywood. At the time he started production, in 1992, he was a 31-year-old filmmaker with no college degree and a stack of unpaid credit cards. Yet, that's precisely how he liked it. He was a rebel with a cause, and that cause was to create something truly extraordinary. And extraordinary it was, for he dared to cast relatively unknown actors who would later rise to stardom. The film introduced us to talents like Renee Zellweger, blink and you'll miss her though, Parker Posey, Ben Affleck, and, most significantly, Matthew McConaughey in his very first role. McConaughey's dedication to his craft shone through, even in the face of personal tragedy, as he lost his father during filming. He did not hesitate to show his love to his role in film throughout the years, including showing up to that very same 2013 celebration, complete with a J.K. Livin bowling shirt. More on that a bit later. What's unique about Dazed and Confused is its lack of a clear main character. Instead, it paints a vivid ensemble portrait of a high school in Texas on the last day of school in the 1970s. The closest we come to a central figure is Randall Pink Floyd, a slacker, cool guy, quarterback of the football team, and everybody's buddy. Coincidentally, Linklater based both this character and the incoming freshman baseball pitcher, Mitch, on himself. These young unknowns were far from highly trained professionals, and their journey through the experience of making this film might stand up to the final product in terms of fascinating stories and entertaining human social dynamics. Just like the clicks portrayed on screen, there were numerous clicks off camera as well, and some even blossomed into romances. It could have been its own season of MTV's The Real World, to be quite honest. Which reminds me of an interesting tidbit. The on-screen couple portrayed by actress Mila Jovovich and actor Sean Andrews mirrored their off-screen relationship throughout filming. However, due to Andrews's inflated ego, which put off many crew and cast members, ultimately, Linklater led to shifting the film's focus away from their characters, with a more significant role than put in place for McConaughey's character, Wooderson, who was getting a lot of strong reviews based on his performance. Life imitates art in the most fascinating ways sometimes. Dazed and Confused has proven itself to be more than just a period piece film. It's a time machine that transports us back to the 70s and the universal experience of adolescence. It's a movie that resonates with audiences across multiple generations, evoking a sense of connection to the experiences and journeys of its characters. If I were to make a character comparison for myself, I'd say I was part of the intellectual group in school with friendship ties to various social circles. Most specifically, I'd liken myself to the character portrayed by Anthony Rapp, an individual who is shy, naive, uncertain, but sweet, smart, and well-intentioned. Though naturally at times I wished to have the effortless, float-through-life approach that Wooderson made seem so appealing, until you took some actual time to pay attention to the journey of his character. And much like the belief in ourselves that we are the ever-present hero of our own stories, I certainly aspired to be seen and admired like Randall. But I aspired for more than just the cool factor of my favorite characters. It's a film that holds a mirror to our past, our present, and our future. Kinda like this podcast. That's what I love about these high school films, man. I get older, they stay the same age. In our next segment we'll delve deeper into the valuable lessons we can extract from this classic film. So, stay tuned, maybe take a little break to watch the movie, and then stay tuned as we explore how to rally after your big hashtag open to work party plans get busted as we jump forward to Where Are We Now? As a parent of a high school freshman, a high school senior, and a recent high school graduate still navigating their early adult path forward, I have good reason to reflect on the experiences and lessons put on display via my many returns to Dazed and Confused. The film, set in the 70s, may seem worlds apart from today's high school culture, but beneath the surface, there are timeless insights to be gained, especially for those navigating seasons of change in your professional or personal life. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of a career, including the loss of a stable job, I often find myself reflecting on the experiences and lessons portrayed in this movie. It might seem like an unlikely source of wisdom for those facing the uncertainty of job hunting and rejections, but bear with me, we're going to get there. First and foremost, I encourage you to give the film a chance. Whether it's a rewatch or your very first viewing, it's not just a nostalgia trip. It's a window into the world of youth, rebellion, and self-discovery. And hey, if nothing else, you can always play the classic game of taking a drink whenever Mitch touches his nose. Before we keep moving forward, let's address the elephant in the room, the hazing aspect of the film. I want to make it clear that I'm not endorsing or promoting hazing in any way. Much like the 70s, the decade, it is not something that's ever been a part of my stratosphere aside from news and pop culture. It's an unfortunate, though one could argue appropriate to the artist's vision of that time, addition to the storyline that does overshadow some of the more timeless aspects of the high school experience portrayed in the film. It's essential to recognize that times have changed, societal norms have evolved, and we've become more aware of the negative consequences of such practices. If we can learn anything from it, I might suggest the reminder that life can throw challenges and obstacles our way. We must navigate them with resilience and the knowledge that we can overcome adversity. Another thing that portion of the film gave us was what I consider a pretty humorous phrase uttered by the soon-to-be senior Darla, though I am slightly rephrasing. Wipe that face off your head. It's such a random insult, but could it be a good mantra? Every rejection that I have experienced this year occurring at all points in between on the applicant process has been an exercise in dusting myself off. It's just dust in my eye, nothing's wrong. You gotta wipe that face off your head sometimes so you can put on the one that cares about forward and better over living in the disappointment of the moment. Now let's shift our focus to the core of what's happening in the movie, social interactions. Believe it or not, the dynamics portrayed in Dazed and Confused aren't all that different from today. Imagine giving those characters smartphones, and you'll see that they would be engaged in essentially the same activities. The film subtly hints at the power of communication, even without today's technology. The characters in the film are constantly on the move, rarely all in the same place at the same time, at least until later in the story. Yet, they all manage to stay connected and understand what's happening and with whom. It's a testament to the art of effective communication, even when faced with physical distance, a lesson we can perhaps apply to our professional networking efforts. At the time of its release in 1993, and even as it reached my own zeitgeist in 2002, what's portrayed in the movie remains a quintessential representation of socializing and having a good time with friends, The teenage culture depicted may have evolved, but the essence of forming connections, learning from rejections, and seeking new opportunities remains universal. It's important to acknowledge that the culture you see in this movie has become somewhat of a ghost today. The way people socialize, interact, and spend their leisure time has transformed dramatically. Yet Dazed and Confused serves as a bridge between generations, reminding us of the shared experiences of navigating uncertainty and resilience in the face of rejection. Perhaps one of the most potent forms of nostalgia that grips you while watching the film is the depiction of that exhilarating last day of school feeling. It's the promise of new beginnings, just as a new job or career change can be. Embrace the excitement and potential that comes with new opportunities, even when faced with uncertainties. As we reflect on Dazed and Confused and its relevance today, let's remember that much like navigating high school, while the specifics of navigating the job market may be ever evolving, The essence of resilience, networking, and the pursuit of fulfillment remains eternally relevant. Now, dear listeners, it's time for another uplifting segment of What's Working, the part of our podcast where we shine a spotlight on positive current events and celebrate the good happening every day out in this world. With today's movie theme, I found it amusing to include a story that sounds straight out of a detective thriller. In the midst of the chaos brought on by the COVID-19 lockdowns, A daring museum heist occurred in 2020. An early masterpiece by Vincent van Gogh, painted in 1884, was stolen, sending shockwaves through the art world. Now, the thief was eventually arrested, but the precious painting remained at large, shrouded in mystery. It seemed that the stolen artwork was too hot to handle, too cold to hold, with no one daring to cash in on it, given the dire consequences. Brand's determination to what matters knows no bounds. In the case of the stolen Van Gogh, he received an anonymous message from someone willing to do the right thing. Brand worked diligently to gain the trust of this anonymous benefactor. He navigated the complex situation, communicated with the authorities, and arranged for an unmonitored drop-off. And the result? A remarkable return of the stolen Van Gogh painting. It arrived at Brand's doorstep, of all places, in an Ikea bag. Initial indications were that it seemed to have weathered the storm it was put through, though there will be a thorough investigation to confirm. As we wrap up this edition of What's Working, let's celebrate the art detective Arthur Brand and the anonymous art lover who, against all odds, ensured the safe return of a Van Gogh masterpiece. In our final segment, we'll explore the lasting legacy of Dazed and Confused and some of the great things it gave me long after the film was a wrap. Stay tuned as we find out Where Are We Going? And whether it involves Aerosmith tickets. Not to indulge in any alcohol, drugs, sex after 12, oh, or any other illegal activity. I, I my shadow. <laughs> Later, baby. Found that in your glove compartment, man. Hey, you know you're the third person who's giving me this today? God. But what do you reckon you're gonna do? I don't know, man. I'll probably end up signing it. I just don't want to give in so easy. Man, it's the same bullshit they tried to pull in my day. You know, if it ain't that piece of paper, some other choice they're gonna try and make for you. You gotta do what Randall Pink Floyd wants to do, man. Let me tell you this, the older you do get, the more rules are gonna try to get you to follow. (laughs) You just gotta keep living, man. (laughs) L-I-V-I-N. are we going? Secondary query, where is Dazed and Confused going from its 30th anniversary? In the first two segments, we took a deep dive into the film, exploring its history, characters, and some of its timeless reminders. For our final segment, we'll reflect on its lasting legacy and what it means for us as adults, especially those on their own hashtag open to work journeys. It's important to note that director Richard Linklater had a unique perspective when he made Dazed and Confused he didn't view it as a nostalgic trip down memory lane. In fact, he considered it, and I quote, a god-awful failure of an anti-nostalgia movie. Linklater aimed to portray a more cynical view of his upbringing, highlighting the imperfections of the 70s. Look no further than this line from Randall Floyd, who I previously mentioned Linklater modeled after himself in high school. If I ever start referring to these as the best years of my life, remind me to kill myself. That quote from Pink captures the essence of what Linklater was trying to convey. The film challenges our idealized notions of the past, reminding us that even the so-called good old days had their own complexities and imperfections. More on that a bit later. As we get older and continue to evolve, we may find that what resonates most about Dazed and Confused is the longing for a time when life was complicated in a more basic way. It's a universal feeling, nostalgia for a time when we maybe felt a bit more invincible. So where does Dazed and Confused stand today, nearly three decades after its release? Will its relevance endure, or will it fade as time and society moves on? By many indications, this film has become a cultural touchstone. It's not just about a slice of life from a specific time in the 70s. It's about the timeless experience and courage of youth, freedom, and self-discovery, Dazed and Confused reminds us that no matter the era, we all have gone through those awkward, transformative years. As we move forward through the seasons of change in our lives, let's carry the spirit of Dazed and Confused with us. The spirit of embracing the unknown, finding ourselves, and cherishing the moments of pure, unfiltered joy. Hey, watch the leather, man! (laughs) Before we take off from this week's episode, it's time to provide something additional for our audience to take away with them. I'm keeping with personal tradition and going with another book recommendation, though with a bit of a twist. One of the things I committed myself to doing early on in my hashtag open to work journey was reading more books and catching up on my book reading wish list. I have a system of reading one book for growing and then one for pure enjoyment. So when it was time for another pure enjoyment selection, I scrolled through my Amazon wish list and saw all right all right all right the oral history of richard linklater's dazed and confused by melissa mares to say it was a delight diving into every stage of the life of this movie would be an understatement i utilized a lot of this book in aiding the creation of today's episode surprise surprise however i'm not pushing this book on you it is a good read though rather just highlighting it along the way to my true recommendation i bet you have some television show movie band Etc., that is truly ingrained into the core of your nostalgia tank, and perhaps some formative elements to the person you are or aspire to be. I highly encourage you to seek out some form of media that attempts to encapsulate or deep dive that very thing and consume it. Books are an easy direction, but there might be a film, a podcast, YouTube series, who knows? What I do know is that you will benefit from the experience. Next, i like to give you a quote, and for this week, it's going to be a double dose of those to live by. First, the beloved Wooderson, and it's not all right, all right, all right, but rather a different three-word mantra. Just keep living. Secondly, the man who so authentically portrayed him on his way to Hollywood stardom, Matthew McConaughey. There's no better confirmation of that than a Best Actor Oscar, and today I want to share with you some of his speech given in 2014. Here are three things that I need each day. One, I need something to look up to, another to look forward to, and another is someone to chase. First off, I want to thank God because that's who I look up to. To my family is to what I look forward to, and to my hero, that's who I chase. When I was 15 years old, I had a very important person in my life come and ask me, who's your hero? I said, I thought about it and it's me in 10 years. So I turned 25, 10 years later, and the same person comes to me and goes, are you a hero? I said, not even close. She said, why? And I said, my hero is me at 35. You see, every day and every week and every month and every year of my life, my hero is always 10 years away. I'm never going to be my hero. I'm not going to obtain that. And that's fine with me because it keeps me with somebody to keep on chasing. So to any of us, whatever those things are and whatever it is we look up to, whatever it is we look forward to and whoever it is we're chasing to that, I say, amen. To that i say all right all right all right okay i guess i did include it back to me now one last thought before we drive off into that beautiful place our journey takes us call it the good old days the best years of your life what have you but i'm willing to bet that version of past you was always looking forward to better days ahead speaking of some days to look forward to my guest next week will have some pretty inspiring things to say about the magnitude of better so come on and take that free ride. I'm Robert Haller saying thanks for listening. Please like, comment, subscribe on your favorite podcast service, and share socially. And if you ever want to reach out to the podcast, you can email me at Haller if you hear me at gmail.com. That's right. Haller if you hear me. Thanks for working together. I only came here to do two things, get a kick-ass job and podcast. And it looks like we're almost all out of podcast.